Have you ever experienced an argument starting because of what you said or how you said it? Have you ever avoided dealing with a difficult subject or person just because you didn't know how to broach the subject? Have you ever feared to cause an argument if you tried to address an issue that robbed you of peace at home or at work? Hello, I'm Dr. Adele Gascoigne, a prophetess of God, social scientist, theologian, conflict resolution expert, and a Proverbs 31 woman. In today's episode, we look at communication. It is another skill that can make or break a marriage. So it is vital that we learn and use the skills to ensure effective communication in our marriage and model these to our children and others in our sphere of influence. Communication is an integral part of building intimacy, teamwork, conflict prevention and conflict resolution. What is communication? It is the conveying or exchange of information, news, ideas, or feelings using semiosis, thus any form of activity, conduct, or process that involves signs that convey meaning. The communication process begins with the intent or reason to communicate, composing the message, encoding the message, i.e. like verbally or in writing, and transmission on the side of the sender and reception, decoding and interpretation of the side of the receiver. It is, however, acknowledged that people can also convey information unintentionally. Here, we consider specifically the body language and facial expressions the sender may not be aware of. It is generally accepted that communication is 35% body language, 35% facial expression, 23% tone of voice and 7% verbal. Let us take a closer look at these now. Let us first look at nonverbal communication. Body language is the nonverbal expression of thoughts and emotion through posture, eye movements, gestures, excluding sign language, movements, touch, and the use of space. It also includes facial expressions, but for the purpose of this discussion, we'll deal with facial expression separately. Human body language study is known as kinesics. Turning to a person to talk to them is often a sign of openness, friendliness, and the willingness to interact, whereas turning your back to someone is a surefire sign of an unwillingness to interact. Facial expressions include the voluntary and involuntary movement of facial muscles and the eyes that indicate the emotional state of a person. Voluntary facial expressions are socially conditioned, for instance, the social smile. A smile we put on our face to appear happy in a social setting that does not quite reach the eyes and is thus not an accurate reflection of the person's internal state. Eye contact and eye movement is also a valuable indicator in communication. But different cultures have different norms about making and maintaining eye contact or not. For instance, in Western culture, making and keeping eye contact is view, viewed as a sign of openness and honesty. But in Eastern culture, it is considered rude, especially for women, to establish or maintain eye contact with a man. Now we will look at verbal or audible communication. 
The tone of voice includes the vocal pitch and speed at which you speak, as well as your emotional state and attitude. Tone of voice has four primary dimensions, funny versus serious, formal versus casual, respectful versus irreverent, and enthusiastic versus matter-of-factly. Your tone, including the tonal dimension, should fit the topic and consider how it affects the emotional state of your listener. Your voice pitch can vary from high or low, but should never be monotone. A complete low pitch conversation can indicate to your audience that you are bored and uninterested in the conversation. A totally high pitched voice may not only convey your distress but upset your audience as speaking loud and at a high pitch expresses aggression. Talking fast can indicate that you want the conversation to be over and done with quickly or mean anger while speaking too soft and slow can sound like you're mumbling and people may lose interest in what you're saying or get frustrated struggling to hear you. Verbal communication may only be 7% of communication but it is still a critical part of the communication process. Make a point of articulating your words well. Give pause between sentences or ideas so that your listener can keep up with you. And remember to be truthful yet tactful. Whenever we feel attacked, whether we feel belittled, angry, frustrated or hurt, we have an innate tendency to resort to defensive behavior. It causes a power struggle that exacerbates conflict. Sharon Ellison identified six be defensive behaviors across three categories that sabotage communication and thus harms relationships. The first category of defensive behavior is surrender and can take the form of betrayal or sabotage. Self-betrayal happens when we allow people to mistreat us and make excuses for their behavior. For instance, women in abusive marriages often make excuses for their spouse. He hit me because I made him angry or because he was drunk. Sabotage is giving the impression we will give in or will cooperate, but then we undermine the other person. Sabotage can take different forms. Gossip, the talking behind a person's back because you're angry with them or resentful of how they treat you. Passive aggressiveness or procrastination, not doing what you agreed to or doing it badly from spite. The second category of defensive behavior is withdrawal and takes the form of escape or entrapment. Ellison defines escape as merely avoiding the person by leaving their presence. Earlier in this series, however, I spoke about various kinds of escapism that also results in withdrawal, such as social media and gaming addiction, overworking, daydreaming or substance abuse. Entrapment is leading someone into a trap by withholding information or refusing to respond so they can make a mistake or get angry. If they err or misbehave, they will look bad or get into trouble. It is the giving someone enough rope to hang themselves mindset. The third category of defensive behavior is counterattack and takes the form of justification or blaming. Justifying our actions is done by offering an explanation to show the other person they are wrong to be upset with us. Blaming is attacking or criticizing the other person to defend yourself. It is often done to take the focus off one's own guilt. Defensive behavior is mostly done out of fear of retribution or harm to self, 
it is not necessarily healthy, as people tend to behave defensively out of habit and it thus causes more conflict. One of the worst ways to communicate, in my opinion, is passive aggressiveness. Years ago, I was working late and asked my housemate to make me some food, even if it's a boiled egg. This lady had the habit of being passive aggressive whenever she did not like what was asked of her. She didn't want to do it and wanted to go to bed instead, but I insisted that she helps me out, as I still had piles of work to do before I could retire for the night. From my perspective, I was overloaded because I often had to do, do work she was paid for. So for me asking her to make a simple meal that takes a few minutes shouldn't be a hardship eliciting a lousy attitude. Anyway, she made the egg, but to my surprise it was inedible. Eating at my desk I sunk my teeth into rubber. So I sought her out to ask how she prepared the egg. It was boiled for a few minutes and was still too raw, and since I hate runny egg yolk, she microwaved it for 5 minutes on high. I never knew one could mess up a boiled egg before, but now I've experienced it. I ended up having to fix my own snack and still do her work when she didn't manage or didn't want to do it. One day I commented to a tenant that I hate passive aggressiveness in people. Her eyes widened, so I asked her to explain her response. She confessed that she is passive-aggressive and for months would ignore her husband when he comes home from work, staring at a TV show and leaving him to do the household laundry, cook dinner and clean because she's not happy with his failure to provide her with the lifestyle she wants. She refuses to do household chores and refuses to engage him in conversation. They don't even have sex every year and are addicted to social media, sitting in the same room but each chatting to friends and family on WhatsApp and Facebook. That is not a healthy marriage, and certainly not the kind of marriage I want for myself. My personal view is that passive aggression is manipulation and doesn't belong in any relationship, let alone relationships as critical as marriage. I want you to take a few minutes to assess your own communication style and that of your partner or other people you have difficult relationships with. I recommend you even pause the episode to take a pen and paper to do this exercise in your journal. Are you prone to surrender, withdraw or counterattack? Do you habitually betray yourself or sabotage your partner? Do you often withdraw from your partner or entrap them? Do you often justify your behavior or blame others? What are the needs, thoughts and beliefs and emotions that support these behaviours? Consider how you will discuss your findings with your partner to create understanding and agreeing to healthier ways to communicate. If conflict in a disagreement isn't your strong suit, the emotional action planning model I present later in this episode will help you deal with those sticky subjects a lot better. The founders of Udemy, Joelle and Natalie Rivera, who specialize in relationship coaching, proposes that couples avoid the use of always and never. Besides often being an exaggeration, telling someone they always do something wrong or never do something that is desirable puts them on defense. 
It usually triggers negative emotions and sparks or exacerbates conflict. Instead, focus on using statements that focus on when, what and how. For example, if you tell your partner, yesterday, which answers the when, when you left laundry on the floor after I tidied the room, which states what they did, I felt as if you don't appreciate my housekeeping efforts, which is how you feel about it. I recommend that you follow this up with the action you need from them. Could you please put the laundry in the basket next time? Also, take care to thank them whenever they cooperated. It can be as simple as, I noticed you put laundry in the basket today. Thanks, honey. I appreciate that. Gratitude reinforces desirable behavior and gives recognition to your partner. It shows you notice the small details of your life together and don't take each other for granted. Remember too that manners matter. Please and thank you should be among the words you use most and uh, among the first words you learn in any new language. Lastly, make an effort to focus on the positive. People generally hear 30 negatives for every one positive. If most communication with your spouse focus on the negative, your overall experience of that relationship will be negative. So make the effort to minimize complaints and blaming and reinforce the positive. Telling your partner daily what you appreciate about them personally, like their character and attitude, and their actions, like what they do for you and others. Assertiveness is a valuable communication skill to learn. It is a technique to bring your point across without aggression or making the other person feel humiliated, manipulated or bullied. The formula for assertiveness as taught in the Quaker's Peace Manual is I feel when you because. I've adapted that formula by providing guidelines for its use in the emotional action planning model. So the formula for emotional action planning is I feel you name one or more of the 45 human emotions you feel. When you name what the person did to elicit your response. Because name the human need that is personally affected. I want you to state what action you need from them and ask for cooperation. Then listen to what they say in response. You may need to modify your expectation, demands or request to accommodate their needs. No relationship can be happy when people's needs are not met, so make your needs known and find out what your partner's needs are. From experience, I can tell you that you messages cause or aggravates conflict. You did this is a surefire way to start an argument and invite retaliation about your own list of sins. Emotional action planning doesn't necessarily come naturally, but using it levels the playing field. It says you are cooperative instead of competitive, willing to listen and reason instead of demanding your own way. I've personally experienced and also heard numerous confessions from people who said they avoid discussing difficult issues with friends, business partners or their spouse because they're afraid they get an angry response. Just this week an acquaintance lost out on a potentially very lucrative business partnership because she's not assertive, going from either too demanding to failing to manage disagreements. In my own marriage, David and I fell into the same traps of defensive behavior patterns that nearly destroyed our marriage. 
We have since come to an agreement to sit down to discuss not only how we want to do things individually and as a couple, but also to address problems and decide how to deal with it together using the emotional action planning model. Because of David's TBI, I often have to take the lead to initiate the discussion. To me, it does not matter which partner starts the conversation. It is important that you strengthen your marriage by letting your partner know what you need and how you feel and listening to them to understand their needs and feelings without judgment. Acknowledging that your partner has a right to experience their own feelings, both the emotions and the thoughts that support it, goes a long way to make them feel validated, understood and cared for. I want you to consider these examples, using you messages that accuse or blame and using emotional action planning. Here's the you message. You left the laundry on the floor again. You're so selfish and inconsiderate. It makes me mad as hell. Now pick it up or else you don't get dinner. Now here's the emotional action planning based message. I feel really upset when you leave your laundry everywhere because it makes me feel taken for granted and disrespected. I have so much work to do and I could really use your help with simple chores like putting the laundry in the basket. Can I count on your help please? Would you mind picking it up now and putting it away? Thank you. I trust you will agree that the first message is aggressive and disrespectful even if one's feelings are justified. I hope that you also see that using emotional action planning is more likely to get cooperation because it is non-aggressive and speaks to the needs of love belongingness showing respect and inviting respect. Now I want you to do another exercise and apply emotional action planning on the issues that you currently have to discuss with your spouse. Think through how you feel, what caused you to feel that way and what your real need is in this situation. Write it out if you have to and practice saying it aloud and then have the courage to engage them in conversation to resolve the matter being willing to listen to their side too. I truly have the expectation that it will make a difference in your relationship. Good communication is a critical skill for teamwork and a happy marriage. Do the work to evaluate yourself and your partner's communication styles and behaviors. Ask forgiveness or apologize where you need to. Commit yourself to communicate in a way that is friendly and cooperative and give your partner permission to hold you accountable. Make time to truly listen to one another. If you have communication problems in your relationships, be it at work or at home, please attend my workshops for relationships, marriage, emotional action planning or conflict resolution or order my book Making Your Emotions Work For You on Amazon. I know it will be a great help to you. David and I would love to hear your comments on this episode and your testimonies if this teaching has helped you. So please feel free to get in touch with us via the Facebook page of the International Christian Ministry Council. You can also subscribe to this podcast for more teaching on the Proverbs 31 marriage and family. 
We're currently setting up a library for our international students on Patreon, specifically for people in ministry. All our books are available on Amazon. Look out for Prophetic Ministry Basics, the Spiritual Warfare Omnibus, and the Proverbs 31 Man Workbook that are available in paperback. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift His countenance to you and give you peace. Amen.